Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. I'm excited to be here tonight. We've got the honor of having Minister Hank Groover back in the house tonight. Oh boy, he has some testimony and some word from the Lord for you tonight. Everybody, welcome aboard. Please invite a friend to come out. Brother Hank, they can listen uh, by going to OmegaManRadio.com or they can go straight over to our Mix of Our channel. We're up on Discord tonight and Twitch TV. And uh, with that, welcome back. How you been since last week, my friend? Oh, just blessed and favored by Almighty God, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. It's uh, been a wonderful week and just a great time in, in the Lord. Praise God. My friend, do you want to open us in prayer tonight? And then the mic is yours. Yes, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we graciously come before you this evening. We just ask that we can... Uh, come before you with humble hearts and Lord that the words that are spoken tonight will glorify your name and your kingdom that lives will be changed and challenged for the gospel for the for the sake of the gospel and we just thank you for this honor and this privilege to worship and serve you and be a part of your awesome works that you're doing all over the world so we thank you we commit this time to you in the precious name of Jesus amen amen Brother Hank, as you're getting started tonight, um, would you be so kind as to give out your contact info? And for those that uh, have not heard us before, um, tell them a little bit about your ministry, and then the mic is yours. Yeah, um, the easiest way to contact us right now is through henrygroover.org, and that's spelled G-R-U-V as in Victor, E-R. Um, my dad went home to be with the Lord in October of 2019, and... Um, since then, we've been challenged and just blessed by God to pick up that that torch and carry it on, and uh, especially with prayer walking, 
just continue the the labor that him and my mom so uh, graciously so um, just just took and and walked with God for over fifty years of their lives. So uh, we count it a joy and a privilege. We're we're not yet full time into this ministry. We're still uh, waiting on God to. Uh, do something with our businesses that we operate. And once he does something in that area, uh, we're excited to, to be in, in ministry full time. So um, henrygroover.org and then also uh, the ministry Facebook page is under Henry Groover. Uh, you might find it under Prayer Walker. But yeah, so that's Fantastic. kind of a, a brief description. Yes. Well, we're glad to be here with you tonight. I really enjoyed the last show, and uh, we're looking forward to tonight and many more programs with Brother Hank and Joyful Sound Ministries. Brother Hank, the mic is yours. Welcome. Hallelujah. Thank you again. It was awesome to be on the show last week. I think it was just last week. It feels like it could have been longer ago, but... um, God is is just doing such awesome work. He's he's always working, and... I feel as as Christians in this last year that we've been so down in the media and everything we're hearing and seeing is just bringing us down. And and I want to challenge you today. I want to um, share with you that God is still working. He is still working, and He's never stops working. He's working all around the world. He's working in countless lives. And when we see so much despair and so much gloom and doom, we just let it control us. And, and God wants us to be joyful. He wants to be the light of the world. And if we, if we can't have the light of the world if we're constantly in despair and, and sad and, and scared of what's happening. So, um, so much of my dad's ministry was sharing testimonies and, and challenging people's faith with what God was allowing him to experience. And, and people just love to to hear his testimonies when he preached, he would share so many testimonies and, and you would sit back and think, how is this possible for one person to experience this many things? I mean, it it sounds like things that happened in the Bible, but as we're getting into this and as we're carrying this, this torch forward, we're experiencing these, these testimonies that God's doing. And, and it's just, it's so fun to be a part of. I mean, there's nothing, nothing in this life that compares to being a part of what God is doing. And, and yeah, that, that's the, the goal and the, the challenge is to see that God is still working. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, uh, that song Waymaker really puts it out there. Um, Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, God is still working. He's always working. He never stops working. And um, that's, that's what I want to share tonight. So um, buckle your seats, have a sit down and um, we're going to share just amazing testimonies that God allowed us to be a part of just January of this year. So, um, we were in Guatemala, myself and a couple um, Guatemalan brothers that I've worked with over the last 10 years, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But we were in Guatemala January 19th, and we came home January 30th of just this year. And God just did such amazing things every single day. He was doing such awesome things. I didn't even have time to 
write it all down. It was happening so fast. I didn't have time to dictate it in my phone or a voice recorder. It was happening so fast, and we were just constantly working with God and and watching such awesome things happen. So um, a lot of people growing up, so many people would come to us kids. You know, I'm the youngest of 13. My parents had 13 children. And um, I'm the youngest. I was named after my dad. And when we travel around the United States or um, I travel with them in my early 20s, people would come up and they would always say, I love your dad's stories. And when I was a younger believer, I just, yeah, I know. I love them too. They're, they're wonderful. They're so engaging. And, you know, he always, he can always share such awesome, awesome stories. But as I've gotten older and uh, more mature in the faith, God's been t- challenging me and in, in, in saying they're not stories. You know, we, we talk about Bible stories when we're talking with children. And, you know, we, we talk about Noah's Ark and, and a story is something that's doled down. It's something that um, can be fiction or nonfiction. But testimonies, those cannot be nonfiction. Those ha- I'm sorry, those cannot be fiction. They have to be nonfiction. A testimony is your word. It's what you witnessed. And these experiences that my dad and, and we're beginning to see, they're, they're testimonies. They're what we experienced. They're what we saw with our own eyes, what we witnessed. Um, the many testimonies in the Bible are, are what the 12 disciples witnessed. They, they saw it with their own eyes when they were walking with Jesus on this earth. And so it's, they're not stories. They're, they're testimonies. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? It's not the word of our story. It's the word of our testimony. It's such a powerful word. Um, so I encourage you to study that word in the Bible. The word um, testimony or testimonies is in the Bible over a hundred times. The word story is in there two or three times, and it's referring to a building and it being like two or three stories tall. So um, just a little little thing I, I, I want to encourage you to, to start looking into and, and studying. And, um, and from there, I want to begin to share the testimonies that we witnessed in Guatemala just back in January, um, just a few short months ago. So um, it begins with we run a construction business, my wife and I, and um, over 10 years ago, it's been about 11 years ago, we we met this um, group of brothers, and there's three brothers. The, the Lopez brothers are their names, and they do siding and roofing for us. So there's Caesar, there's Hector, and there's Juan. And they started working with us, and we find out they're Christians and that their dad uh, is a pastor back in Guatemala. And so we're just fellowshipping with them and, and talking about the things of the Lord and they're doing work for us. And, and it's really awesome. But 10 years ago, when I first started this business and started working with the Lopez brothers, they were very excited and, you know, said, Hey, brother Henry, you you need to go to Guatemala. And I, I would say, no, brother Caesar, I'm okay. I I stay in America. (laughs) And, uh, Ten years ago, there was no desire whatsoever to to travel 
to their country. There was no desire to do that. Our ministry was the business. Our ministry was um, financially sewing into churches and, and different ministries. I, I felt that was what God had for us. He was blessing our businesses and, hey, why not? What what What's wrong with, you know, having a, a successful business and being able to sow into the kingdom of God? But but God had different plans. So that was 10 years ago we met these these brothers. Well, over the years, we worked with them, and they, they would come and go, and they'd get jobs in different parts of um, Nebraska and Iowa. So they might work with us for a summer, and then they would go off and, and work in a different part, and we might not see them for six months or a year. Well, two years ago, we were working together. And um, for some reason or another, we, we stopped working, and I hadn't heard from them for two years. Out of the blue, Caesar calls me up last um, October, I think it was late October, and he asked me, hey, brother, do you have any work? And I happened to have too much work, so I said, absolutely, I have, I have too much. It's just I can't keep up, so praise God, if you can come and, and do some work, that is amazing. So he comes and he starts working with us. And and I, I learned early on, right, just last in uh, October, November, that their dad had passed away. And he had passed away just a f- about four or five months before our dad had passed away. And that their younger brother, Juan, had been uh, sent back to Guatemala and he was working with his dad in the church before his dad passed away. And I thought, wow, that's that's interesting because Juan, when he lived in the United States, he was a very um, business-oriented person. So he ran a cleaning business. And with the cleaning business, he had – I think he had over 35 employees that worked for him. And he was doing very well traveling across the Midwest, um, cleaning businesses and things like that. But – God had different plans, and he he got sent back to Guatemala. I think it was January, early January, February of 2019. And when he got sent back to Guatemala, he figured all he was going to do was buy his time and come back to the United States. But God got a hold of his life and just completely transformed it. So he began helping his dad in Guatemala in the ministry, and, and Within, I think, a few months, I don't know the exact timeline, but three, four months, they find out their dad is sick and he has cancer. And their dad passes away. Well, the church that he pastored didn't have an associate pastor or anybody. And the church members wanted Juan to be their pastor. (laughs) He had no desire whatsoever when he first arrived in Guatemala. But within a short four or five months, God completely changed his heart. and, And he began to pastor at that church. Now, keep this in mind. His family was still in America. His wife and two children were still in America. So this was a big commitment to stay in Guatemala and not not have his wife and kids there yet. So that's a little background. So fast uh, rewind back to um, November of just last year. Talking with Caesar, getting all these details, and um, we're just talking on the job sites and fellowshipping, and I'm sharing with him about. Um, Heather and I's trip to Japan after our dad, my dad passed away. And 
and it was early November, December, I'm sorry. And we're on a job site and I'm, I'm talking with brother Caesar and, and we're just sharing about prayer walking and, um, how not to take things personally and, and just to walk with God each and every day to pray without ceasing. And he's just overcome and just challenged. And the next day he, he comes back. He's like, brother, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm just thinking about all these things you, you said. And I, I looked up your dad and I watched his YouTube videos all night long. And I'm just excited. And I'm like, that is awesome. So we're fellowshipping a little bit more. And he says, brother Hector is going to be gone for a couple months. He leaves next Wednesday. And I said, oh, okay. Where's he going? He's going back home to Guatemala. And right then, I heard the Holy Spirit say these words, and he spoke so clearly. He said, go to Guatemala the last few weeks of January. And it was almost that clear, Shannon. I, I kid you not, I've never – I've had that experience two other times where the Holy wow. Spirit speaks that clear, that direct. And when, when I heard those words, I was still processing it because I was in a conversation with Caesar. <laughs> So I was just processing it, and, and I'm like, okay, Lord, if this is you, 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 you set all this up. You make this happen. Me and Heather, my wife, have to be in agreement. This is a must. If we're not in agreement, the enemy will come in, and he will destroy it. He will destroy it, and, and there will not be victory. There will be great defeat. So I began to pray about it. I didn't tell Caesar that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And so about a week goes by, and 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 I just feel that urging, and I, and I bring it up with my wife. I, I say, I, I believe I'm supposed to go to Guatemala. Um, Hector's going to be there in January, into late January. Uh, I believe I'm supposed to go. Will you pray about this? And so she begins to pray about it, and and then I tell Caesar, and I think I told him maybe a week later or less. I said, brother, I feel God has spoken to me to go to Guatemala, and he is almost in tears at that moment. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, brother, I, I, I believe so. I believe God has been very specific on what he said. I believe I'm supposed to go. And he, he's just so excited. He tells me, brother, we have not had a missionary. We have not had a preacher come to our village in over 40 years or close to 40 years. The early 80s was the, the last time someone came to their village with the gospel. And I said, okay, um, I, I, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I believe I'm supposed to go. And so I began to pray about it more, and, and the only thing I was getting from the Holy Spirit was it's going to be intense. The spiritual warfare is going to be intense. You must prepare for it. So I knew I had to fast and pray, but that was all I could all I could muster, <laughs> all I could you know, get from the Holy Spirit's leading. So um, we get through the holidays, Christmas and everything, and I didn't book any tickets. Um, Heather and I, our anniversary is January 1st, so I didn't want to start my, my fast on our anniversary, but um, I knew I needed to start it shortly after that. So um, I, I started the fast, it was, I want to say the third or 4th of January. And I didn't know how long to fast for, but I felt, um, I, I knew the battle was going to be intense. So I felt a week was what I needed to do. So I began to fast and pray. And, uh, the first, I don't know, is the first or second night into it. Um, 
Actually, let me rewind just a little bit. So January 1st is our anniversary. New Year's Eve, I was awoken by the Holy Spirit. And it was, I believe it was like three in the morning, January 31st, 2020. And the Holy Spirit speaks these words to me. And he says, if you don't go, you won't grow. If you don't go, you won't grow. And I woke up with those words in my, ringing in my mind and, and in my head, and I began to read, and, and I'm reading in the Bible, and I'm reading about Abraham, and, and God's telling him to go. Go, you got to go. You got to get up from this place, and you got to go. And John 15, 16, you have, not, you, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask in the Father's name, he may give you. <laughs> Genesis 22, um, starting in verse 1 through, I'm not sure, but it said, God told Abraham to go, offer a sacrifice. God will provide, we must believe. And I'm, I'm writing these things down, and it's, it's 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. Genesis 28, 15, um, Genesis 35, 1, arise and go. I love Genesis 43, verse 8. It says, um, Judah is talking to his dad, Israel, and he says, We will rise and go that we may live and not die. <laughs> so all these verses are just coming to my mind, and I'm, I'm studying them. And um, Joseph was sent, was forced to go. You know, you have to go. You have to go. Matthew 10, 7, as you go, preach the gospel. And of course, the Great Commission, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, it, so this word came, and, and, and I shared a little bit about it before, I think, that the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, you look at it as, as living water. If that water is moving, if it's, it's alive and it's living, if it's flowing, it doesn't become stale and stagnant. But when it stops moving, when it stays in the same place, it, it's stale, it's stagnant, and it can kill you if you drink it. And the Holy Spirit's saying, this is the same with me. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go. And so he spoke that word to me, and it was just, wow, it was so challenging. And so I wrote it down in my notes, like I said, and it was January or December 31st, just of last year at 2 a.m. So. With that, I'm thinking, okay, this is – that's a pretty strong word that, you know, this is – this trip is ordained by God. But as I – the trip began to unfold and going into it and coming from it, you know, that word. place will be stale and stagnant and we will die. We will die spiritually. So he gave me that word and that was just awesome. I, I shared it with my wife, Heather, and and we began to pray more and more. So I begin this fast and I think it was the second or third day into the fast. I have this dream and I wake up in the middle of the night from this dream and it was so powerful. The, the dream was like I was there, you know, I woke up, my heart was racing. I'm like, okay, am I still in my bedroom? <laughs> but in this dream, I'm in Guatemala and I'm with Hector and Juan, the two, the two brothers that are down there. Now, Caesar, he's still in the United States. He did not go down there with us, but Hector, um, he, he has, 
um, citizenship, so he can come and go from the United States to Guatemala. So he, so he's the one that was down there, and then Juan is down there as the pastor now. So in the dream, I'm in Guatemala, and I'm with Hector and Juan, and we're out walking, and we're getting ready to enter this jungle path. And, and right in front of us is this beaten down path. You can tell that it, it's been walked for many, many generations. There's a clear opening. The branches, the, the shrubbery is just like a tunnel into the forest, if you can picture that. Right as I'm getting ready to walk into it, Hector and Juan say, no, we can't go in there. It's too dangerous. And I look at him and I say, we have to go. God told me to go. And right when I say that, all these snakes begin to fall from the tree limbs and they fall on the path. All these venomous snakes, hundreds of them. And Hector and Juan are saying, see, we can't go. It's too dangerous. This is so real. This brings me to tears even right now. I look at them both. And I say, we have to go. God told me to go. And I begin rebuking these snakes in the name of Jesus. Go, you must, you must flee. And we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We start walking in the path. And these snakes begin to, to move and, and, and create an opening for us. We're rebuking them. One falls from a tree limb, lands on my arm. And in the dream, it's attached to my arm, biting me. And I shake it off, rebuking it, and it falls to the ground. <laughs> I have this dream, and, and we're just rebuking these snakes as we're going. And I wake up from the dream. And I am just, like I said, I'm in shock. I don't know if this is real. I'm, more and more is coming to me as I'm waking up. And I'm just, wow, God, okay. Okay, this, this battle's going to be intense. So that was about the third day of the fast. And I continue fasting and praying, um, just water and a little bit of juice, no food. And I get through um, the seven days and I felt the release to, to end the fast. And I do. And at the end of that seven days, I, I um, book the tickets. Well, I had been in communication with, with Caesar this, um, this whole time. And he's very excited. Caesar's the brother that's still in the United States. And he's um, kind of the, the, not he speaks the best English out of the three brothers, so he was always the the one I'm able to communicate with most and things like that during the business years. So I, I'm in communication with Caesar, and we're we're getting excited. I'm asking him questions. You know, um, what do I need to bring? Um, what happens when I get to the airport? Uh, just just basic questions, and and we're both extremely excited coming up to this trip. But about. Four or five days before I'm supposed to leave, all of a sudden, I don't have, um, I don't have any communication with Caesar. He hasn't called me, and um, three or four days go by, and and I haven't spoken to him, and and so I'm like, I need to call Caesar. So I call Caesar up, and he's very quiet on the phone. His kids are in the background, but he's very quiet. I'm like, Caesar, what's going on? He's like, brother, it's not good. I'm like, what's happening? So let me back up just a little bit. Him and his wife were so excited once I, I told them I was going to Guatemala. They were on fire. They were praying together. They were seeking God like they hadn't in years. They were on fire. 
and they were seriously considering moving to Guatemala. So this couple are just on fire for God. And every day we're talking and, and just, you know, getting excited. We're, we're just sharing with each other. And, and, but then there's that span of like four days where I don't hear from him. So I call him up and I'm like, what's going on, brother? He's like, it's not good. I'm like, what, what, what's happening? Me and Angelica, we've been fighting a lot. The, the enemy came in and, and, she wants to kick me out of the house. It's not good. I'm like, what has happened? So it turns out, listen to these. This is very key. So um, Caesar's brother, Hector, who was the one that uh, went back to Guatemala for two months, his son, Luis, was getting married in Guatemala. So at that wedding, at Luis's wedding, they posted a picture of you know the people at the wedding. Caesar's wife sees a picture of a a woman that goes to the ch- church, but her and and Caesar were a couple many many years ago when he was in Guatemala. The enemy plants a seed of anger, bitterness, and jealousy into Angelica's heart. She sees that picture and she just starts accusing Caesar of all these things and and very angry with him, extremely angry with him. She is pretty much done. She's at the point where I don't care. Let's get a divorce. Get out of the house. We're done. Four days prior to this picture, they are on fire for God. They are ready to go to Guatemala, start um, a church, start witnessing, start doing things for the Lord there. (laughs) Within a few short days, the enemy plants this picture. She sees it, and this just extreme jealousy fills her heart. And so they are an extreme battle. Like, brother, why didn't you call me? He's like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm I'm fed up. I've I've said things that I regret. I don't care at this point. I'm like, no, 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 no. We have to pray. This is an attack. This is a spiritual attack. We have to pray. He's like, I know, but I, I don't want to. I'm like, brother, we have to pray. This is an attack from the enemy. Anytime you're doing good things for God, the enemy's going to come in and he's going to try and divide you. He's going to try and conquer you. And it usually happens in marriages. It's the easiest thing for him to do is separate the man and, and the wife. And so we prayed on the phone right there. <laughs> and he gets off the phone. I'm like, all right, brother, I'll talk to you tomorrow. We have to stay in communication. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So I call him up the next day. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, it's a little better. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what happened? She came home and we talked a little bit. I'm like, praise God. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. So we kept praying. Called him the next day and he's all excited. He's like, brother. I'm like, yeah, what's up? What's up? She, she come home. We talk more and she say, you know, do you want to go out and have a meal together? So we went out and had a meal and we talked a little bit more. I'm like, hallelujah, praise God. And he was he was getting on fire. He's getting right with God. He, he knew that he said things that were not right. He knew that he had to be the spiritual leader in the house. So he was beginning to speak truth into her, her heart and her life. So I'm getting ready to leave for the for the trip. And they're doing better in their in their marriage, which is awesome, but they're not, you know, they're still it's still very rocky. So I fly to Guatemala and this is January 19th and I arrive in Guatemala and uh, Juan and Hector picked me up. It's an eight 
Oh, it's like a 10-hour drive from their village to Guatemala City to the airport. So they picked me up, and um, we started our day – well, I started my day at like 5 in the morning, 4 in the morning, whatever. Um, and you fly – flight out of Omaha was at 6 a.m. I arrived down there around noon, so six hours, seven hours, whatever it was. So they pick us up. It's around noon, and we, we stop, and we have lunch together, <laughs> and – Pastor Juan takes a picture of all of us. <laughs> this is what God does. God never stops working, church. He's always working. He posts that picture on Facebook. <laughs> few days later, I get word from Caesar. I, I, um, we have a phone call over the phone. Brother, brother. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How, how are you and Angelica? Brother, you won't believe it. I'm like, what, what? Angelica, see the picture of you on Facebook. In our country, she's moved almost to tears. She begins repenting. <laughs> she's asking God for forgiveness because of the bitterness, because of the anger, the resentment, the, the things that the enemy planted in her heart. She's repenting and asking God to forgive her. She's asking Caesar to forgive her. So through a picture that the enemy planted, he was able to bring division into their lives. But through a picture that God planted... He brought complete reconciliation. Brother, it's been – today's the 11th. It's wow. almost been two months since that has happened. I was just talking with Caesar like four hours ago. He's doing a riff for us here. He is so excited. Him and his wife, Angelica, are ready to move to Guatemala. <laughs> They're ready to start a church in <laughs> Guatemala. His wife is telling him, look, I will go ahead. I will bring the kids. I will go. You work for a little bit. Send our stuff over. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it is so awesome. God is so good. He's never stopped working. Brother, that is just the beginning of what happened. I mean, just the beginning. I am going to um, just leave so many cliffhangers at the end of this show because I can't even begin to share everything he did. So that was the first four hours in Guatemala, right? <laughs> um, that's a little bit background how, how I got to Guatemala. When I was in Guatemala, I was posting um, updates on the – the Facebook page, the ministry Facebook page, I get a, a message from a Latino person and um, he, he, he asks me this question. He says, I'm reading it right now. How did you get connected to this people of that, of the, or this area? These people have been long forgotten by the big ministries in Guatemala. <laughs> How did you get connected to them? And I, I was just able to respond to him like, brother, God is so good. I mean, I, I met these people, 10 years ago and and God began to to orchestrate this that long ago but that that brother was so moved he was actually he's actually from Guatemala he lives in America but he was so moved by what God was doing um just so excited every single post he was commenting and and reading and 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 glorifying God so um so we arrive in Guatemala and and I didn't know what to expect I didn't know um what what God its purpose for me there. You know, I didn't know the full purpose quite yet. I knew I was supposed to teach them prayer walking, redeeming the land. And I just didn't know, <laughs> have a clue what he had set up for us. So um, 
the other most amazing thing about this is so back in no- October, November, when Caesar first reached out to me and asked if I had any work, and when he we, he came and started working for me here in Iowa, right at that close to that same time frame in October, the church in Guatemala, so Pastor Juan, their brother. They began, get this, listen to this. They began fasting and praying, asking God to send somebody to their church to help them. Right when Caesar called me, God spoke to my heart about going there. You can't make this stuff up. You can't. Do this. God's timing is so perfect. The church starts fasting and praying that God will send somebody there in October. Caesar calls me up, and he had no thought about me going to Guatemala. He just looking for work. But within less than two months of them fasting and praying, God speaks directly to my heart about going. <laughs> he will hear your prayers when you fast. He will hear your prayers when you're fasting and you're praying and seeking his face. Um. So we arrive in, in Guatemala, and and the spiritual warfare I knew would be intense, and the Mayan people um, are the – the Mayan Indians are what were in Guatemala many centuries ago. And so you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of research to figure out that they're very, very evil people. Um, their, their ruins are all – all over the country of Guatemala, the, the temples, they, they look like pyramids. Um, and they did a lot of human sacrifice on those grounds. So I knew we would be facing that type of, of warfare. But um, when we got there, we stopped at one of these um, sites, a very large um, excavated site with a lot of Mayan ruins. And that was the first full day of being there. So I, I, I didn't want to take these new um, spiritual warfare guys onto sites like that. But it was like five hours from the church. We were stopping on our way um, to the church. So I didn't feel like I, I really wanted to, but... It was just the opportunity that was was placed upon our, you know, in our path. We'll say so. We got to that site, and I'm I'm putting out a Facebook. Please pray, please pray. We're going to enter a a severe battle. You know, much innocent blood has been shed on these grounds. And we got to the site, and it was closed because of COVID. <laughs> so, in Guatemala, a third world country where there is uh, a lot of trash everywhere, they don't have the best medical systems obviously they are shutting everything down for covid <laughs> so we didn't get onto the the actual grounds but we walked and prayed around the the fence line now i i i believe that was was god's doing because of these people not being ready to enter that type of battle um it's very intense when you get onto grounds like that where the generational that sins, the iniquity is so strong, the innocent blood has been shed. Um, when Cain killed Abel, it says in the Bible that um, God came to Cain and said, what have you done to your brother? His blood is crying to me from the ground. So that's what I'm talking about when innocent blood has been shed. It cries from the ground. Um, 
the Old Testament talks about a redemption for for the blood that has been shed. So, um, so we walked and prayed that area. We walked around the fence, and then we continued our journey on, and and we arrived um, at the church, and the church is in the mountains. It's in the middle of a very remote area. The this the country of Guatemala is very mountainous regions, and they literally have to move mountains to to add uh, a spot for housing or, or, or businesses or anything because it's so mountainous they have to flatten it out. So um, I kept telling them, hey, you're moving mountains in the natural. God's going to move them in the spiritual for you. You've already been doing it in the natural. Wait till God does it in the spiritual because it's amazing how they literally move a mountain for, you know uh, – to put a little building there or something. And uh, so driving that, uh, it was about a 12-hour, we, we split it up into two days. So driving from Guatemala City to their village, it took two days. And um, we got stopped on a checkpoint going there. And that's a pretty surreal experience when you get stopped and the military guys have their AK-47s or whatever they are. And they're asking for passports and I'm asking the uh, my you know the brother Hector. I'm like, hey, should we be praying? <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, no, it's okay, brother. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but the peace of God was was so strong over there. It was really awesome to to experience that. I've heard my dad say it so many times. Walk in that peace. Walk in that peace. If you lose that peace, stop, turn around, and find it. And so we're at this checkpoint, and uh, they ask for everybody's passports. And I kid you not, they look at the American's passport for like two minutes. Give it right back to me. <laughs> the other guys, bless their hearts, they didn't have passports, um, and they didn't have driver's license on them. So they didn't have any ID, and the, the checkpoints are to make sure that you're not from another country or you know trafficking drugs. And so – we were actually stopped for about 20 minutes, but the two brothers that didn't have their IDs on them actually got pictures texted to them from their family, and um, they're able to show their IDs, and we were on our way again. But yeah, that was that was kind of surreal the the second day of being there. <laughs> but um, as we're driving, I'm, I'm just talking with Pastor Juan, and Pastor Juan lived in America. He had the cleaning business there for a number of years, quite a few employees. He's very business-minded. Um, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, brother, what can we do in your country to help people, um, you know, have jobs and food? You know, the old saying, um, give a person a fish, you feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, you you feed him for a lifetime. And so I'm just talking with him like, brother, what can we do? What can we do to to give jobs or create jobs or, or do something for the people that, you know, go to the church? And right away, he's like, a, a chicken farm. I'm like, okay, what does that look like? And he begins to tell me um, most of the, the food consumed in Guatemala is chicken, and they – of course, produce eggs and then they um, take the chicken meat and they do fried chicken and all sorts of chicken meals. And uh, they don't have a whole lot of flat land for cows and they don't have the money to pay for beef. So chickens, <clears throat> very, very strong thing there. So I begin talking with him. What does that look like? Well, um, I want I, – I would like a thousand chickens and – I'm like, how many people, how many jobs would that support? How many eggs would, you know, and I'm just asking these questions like, you know, one or two people could run it. It, it would bear at least 500 to 1,000 eggs a day. I'm like, that's a lot of eggs. That's awesome. And so 
that was the first full day there, and I'm just talking with him about that, and and we begin to you know just think through it from a business standpoint, and we get done with that conversation. We're talking about many more things, but keep that in mind. The the talking about the chickens and talking with Juan. So we arrive in. Um, in in Guatemala, and I can't believe I only have 15 minutes left. So I'm going to share a, an awesome testimony with you, and, and we're going to leave a cliffhanger for the next show. Take an extra 15 minutes if you would like. We can do 30 if you'd like. <laughs> I, I can do that. Not a problem. Okay. So um, so we arrive in in Guatemala, and I'm sorry, in San Juan, um, East Joy. I have a hard time pronouncing it, but but their little village, and and. Juan has built built a beautiful home, and um, he he takes me into his home and and gives me his room and his bed, and and uh, we were just talking, and and he in his closet he he's showing me you know here's some hangers if you want to hang anything up, and in his closet he has two idols, and these idols they found on the church property. <laughs> So these are very small clay idols, but these things are hundreds, if not thousands of years old. He's had them for up to 30 years. Wow. <laughs> He's showing me these idols, and I'm like, brother, this is not good. He's like, I know. I'm like, why do you still have these? And, and he said his dad kept them around and his brothers kept them around, and it turns out they wanted to sell them because they're very old idols and they knew they could get money for them. <laughs> so I'm looking at these idols and, and the, the enemy is coming into my mind saying the exact same thing. He's like, why don't you just sell them? Just take them to America, find somebody. They could be worth thousands of dollars, if not over $10,000. And I'm thinking, no, that's, that's not what we need to do. But there's a battle going on in my spirit. And <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, brother, what do we need to do with these? And right away he says, we, we need to destroy them. I, I want to destroy them. I'm like, okay, we, we need to destroy these. When do we want to do it? He's like, I, I don't know. So I'm like, okay, we are, we are going to have a five-hour service. So once a month, the, the church has a five-hour service from seven to midnight. And we were going to have that service the following Wednesday, I believe it was. So I said, all right, let's let's do it then. Let's do it with all the church members because I'm sure there's other people that have idols like this. Let's get rid of them then. So he says, okay. So we leave him in the room. And um, we're going back, and I think I preached that day. But I go back to the house, and it's my first night there. And I fall asleep about – it might have been 11 o'clock or something like that, and I am tossing and turning all night long. I am waking up. My heart is racing. I am just under such heavy attack. I woke up at one point. And I don't know what time it was. I think it was around 2 in the morning. I woke up, and I could not move. I could not blink. I could not speak i could not do anything i was paralyzed and all i saw in the corner of this room was a dark image wow it was intense i've had that happen two other times one was in japan and one was at another place here in iowa the 
only thing I could do was think. And it felt like it took hours before I could think the name of Jesus. But I began to think and proclaim the blood of Jesus in my mind. That was it. And like I said, it, it felt like hours, but it was no more than, you know, two minutes. But I was trying to open my mouth and say the name of Jesus. I could not. I could not move. All I could do was like one eye open and I saw this dark image in the corner of the room. <laughs> the other two times that happened to me, great fear was over me. This time, great faith. <laughs> Brother, I once I began to say the blood of Jesus in my mind, it broke. I came up, I sat up, my heart is racing, and I'm proclaiming the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. I'm looking over that closet, and I know those spirits that are attached to those stupid idols are just all over me. <laughs> but praying in the Spirit, proclaiming the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus breaks it instantly. <laughs> so that was about three in the morning. But up until that point, I was tossing and turning, waking up. I could not sleep. And then that final attack happened then. And once it broke, I got rest. But the next day, I was like, brother, that I was telling Pastor Juan, I had a very, very, very intense night. <laughs> and um, I'm like, we need to get rid of those idols. He's like, oh, okay. So we actually, we didn't get rid of them that day. But we we began to... Um, go and walk and pray. And this is the day that they took me to that pond that I spoke with about last time. And at that pond, um, there was, they know of at least eight kids that have died and had drowned in that pond. And so they take me there and I'm like, we, we need to walk and pray. We need to break this curse. And um, so I shared that testimony last time, how we, we walked and prayed that pond, and um, we broke the curse that there was a trail above it that they said Mayans had walked that trail. And so we knew it was a very, very stronghold. The enemy had had a foothold there and a covenant with death. And and so we broke that off that, that pond that day. And um, as we were walking back to the church, that's when God challenged me. He said, um, bring a trash bag with you when you're walking and praying and start picking up trash. And I, I shared that with the church that, that evening service and, and they just all just got a hold of it. And, and we began to walk and pray, picking up trash and I'll share a little bit more about that later on. But um, so we're walking all over these mountainous areas and, and every trail we hit is looking more and more like the the dream I had. It's looking like those that trail in that dream where they said you can't go in there; it's too dangerous. Um, but it's just very mountainous, and the trails are all beaten down. They're just hardened dirt, and there's an opening, you know, of like a canopy of, of trees and shrubs that it's a clear path and you can see it. So we walk and pray that area and, and we break that covenant with death. And they, they tell me there's another pond. There's another pond that, that people are, are have fallen into and died. And another eight to 10 people that they know of have, have died in that pond also. And it's, um, 
maybe a couple miles from the other one, if that. I'm like, okay, we've got to go there. We've got to walk and pray that one. Like, okay, we'll do it, um, you know, two days from now or something like that. So we uh, we went up and, and preached that night, and I I delivered a message and, and shared about walking and praying, and, and the Spirit of God was so strong. It was just a precious time in the Lord. Um, they were broadcasting it through Facebook Live, I think it was. So the brother that lives in America, Caesar, he was watching it on Facebook Live. And the next day he calls us and he's talking with his his brother Juan, the pastor, and his other brother Hector that's there. And um, And he makes this comment and he says, wow, I didn't know brother brother Henry could preach like that. And Hector and Juan say to him, if you didn't know he could preach, why would you send him here? <laughs> it was just kind of a funny joke with us the, the whole time because, you know, they're telling me this and I'm like, brother, I didn't know I could preach like that. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. And uh, I had no clue either, but all glory to God. So <laughs> they, they obviously were just joking when they said that, but it was kind of a funny, funny thing because none of us knew what, what amazing things God was going to do. So um, that was, I think, the second day. So we, the following day, Pastor Juan um, told us that night, hey, I visit parishioners um, two or three days out of the week, and I have to go to their house early in the morning. I have to be at their house by 6 a.m. And I said, okay, let's go. And um, so we're up at 5.30, and we go to this this house. And this house, you want to talk about spiritual warfare. You want to talk about demonic forces. This dear house has been under attack in just a severe way. So we go to this house at six in the morning and it's a mother and she has three children. She has a daughter and she has um, two sons. And the sons, I want to say, are around six and um, maybe seven and ten years older or something like that right now. Well, the older son was dedicated to the Lord when he was a baby. The mom dedicated him to the Lord at the church, and and that that boy had worked with the senior um, Lopez pastor, the Lopez's dad, when he was working the church. So the mom dedicates the the boy to the Lord, and 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 he's he's hanging out with a pastor. He's working with a pastor, and he's a very you know just young boy growing up in the church and, and loves Jesus. And so we go to that house and a big problem in Guatemala is the men coming to America and they, they come here for work and then they support their family back home. But a lot of times they don't support them for more than, you know, a month or two. And then they kind of abandon them. So 
church, that, that's something we got to pray for. We've got to pray that God will convict their hearts, that they will not abandon their families. They will not um, abandon God when they come to America, but they will, that God will convict them and bring them to their knees, that they cannot do that to their families. Because these dear women are, are, are in Guatemala, and um, if their husbands aren't supporting them, they're, they're doing whatever they can to, to raise their children and, and, you know, provide for them. But there's just not much there for that. So God's God's going to do such an awesome work, but that is something to pray about. Pray that the men's hearts will be convicted when they're in America, and God will just just turn them from from the the ways that that happen so often here when they leave their country and come here to work. So, um, so we're at this house praying, and it's like I said, it's it's a little before six in the morning. Uh, this lady. Her two sons and her parents are there praying. She she lives in a simple house that the church built for her. Actually, the pastor um, built this house for her in the last three months of his life. So he was there battling cancer and um, in his seventies and building this house for this this lady. Um, they have four walls and they have a roof and they have a dirt floor. And we're in there. We're praying. And Pastor Juan tells me two years ago, I believe it was the older boy. And I want to find his name here because I really want people hearing this to pray for this boy. Um, people pray for. Okay. So Andreas is his name. His mom's name is Lucia and his younger son is Christian. So two years ago, Andreas was, I want to say maybe six, seven years old. He woke up in the middle of the night, told his mom he had to go to the bathroom. Of course, there's no plumbing in the house, so he has to go outside. People, this is very heavy. Please know I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad, but to know that the devil still has power. The devil is still doing horrible things. We don't see it in America, but this is happening. So this little boy, Andreas, seven, eight years old, wakes up in the middle of the night, tells his mom he has to go to the bathroom. He goes out to the bathroom. As he's coming into the house, he gets picked up by a demon. He is screaming. This demon is dragging him around the house. Wow. This little boy's head is hitting the wall. He's bleeding. He's crying out to his mom for help. She's a newer Christian. She doesn't know what to do. She's praying. She's praying. This boy is being drugged around the house by this demon. Finally, they, they're praying, and, and this demon drops this boy. His, his head is bleeding. He goes on to tell them he saw them. The devil, the devil with red eyes, horns, fangs, was dragging him around the house. After this happened, this poor boy does not look anybody in the eyes. His head is always down. He, he, he has a hard time talking to people. He's obviously terrified at night. And he has a constant cough. He has this cough that's just <clears> – they tell me that there, and I am just so angry at that point. I'm like, how dare you, devil, lay your hands on this child of God? How dare you? Now, church, if you have a hard time believing that, 
Just look at what happened in the Bible in Jesus' time. The man comes up to Jesus and says, please help my son. What's happening to my son? He throws himself in the fire, right? I don't know where it's at, but it can be found pretty easily. That man, that dad is telling Jesus, please help my son. The young boy, he throws himself in the fire when this, this thing comes over him. That is a demon. That is a foul spirit that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we pray for that boy, Andreas, and and we're just praying that God will heal his mind, set him free from that fear, break that curse off his life. And um, we pray for him, and right away he's smiling. I'm like, hallelujah. Right away he's looking at us in the eyes. He goes outside, and and I have a picture of him on his bicycle. His bicycle people consists of a bike with a missing pedal, no tires on the steel rims. <laughs> and he's just on it smiling. Like, oh my lord, I'm going to buy this kid a bike. <laughs> his little brother. I don't know how soon after that happened, but his little brother has a growth on his neck. And it looks like it's a goiter or something. It's not very big yet, but it's a visible growth on his neck. So we're praying against that, breaking that. But these foul demons come into these people's homes. They have, they have rights for some stupid reason because of whatever iniquity, whatever was shed on that, you know, on the on the land. They have that right. So we go in there and we take dominion over that. We come against those foul spirits. And we give the land back to God. Remember I shared with you last week that Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, all that dwell in it. It's his. But the devil has a right to some areas because of the iniquity, because of the sin, because of the bloodshed. But we, as God's people, if we go, we can redeem that land for him. So that um, that lady's parents were in her house praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. They are, Pastor Juan was telling me that they're they're not very strong in the faith and they, they practice kind of a mixed idolatry Christianity. So they're praying to idols and, and different things and and that they're they're not very, you know, strong Christians. So after we're praying with that family, they they ask us, Will you come pray in our house? And their house is on the same property line. It's like a hundred yards from, from this lady's house. We're like, absolutely. So we, we go over to their house and my, my dad always, when he always, when he prayed for people, he would, he would pray that God's goodness would be poured out upon him. The goodness of God that leads to repentance. And I believe it's, I know it's in Romans. I don't know if it's Romans two, four, but the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And that's what, what we pray for these people. So we ask God that you'll pour out your goodness, your blessings upon these people. Just bless them, Lord. Bless their socks off. Pour it out upon them, God. Pour out your goodness. So much goodness. And, and when they hear that, you know, it's kind of reverse psychology. It's just kind of, um, I want God to bless you, but the blessing I want you to receive right now is repentance. 
and God's goodness will lead you to repentance. So, so we're praying over their house, and I'm just praying that God will bless their house. And, and I'm telling the interpreters, don't interpret the part of that leads to repentance. Just, just interpret the, the blessings, okay? And I'm going to be praying out loud in English, God bless them with your goodness that leads to repentance. So we're doing this in their house, and we're praying that God will bless them. And we get done praying, and the man begins repenting right there. Hallelujah. He begins repenting and he, and he says, we haven't been living for God. We want to live for Jesus. Will you pray with us? Will you lead us? And <laughs> it was glorious. We, we led him in, you know, a prayer of repentance and, um, and brought and right there, him and his wife accepted Jesus and, and wanted to live for Jesus. It was so awesome to see that. So just instantly is, God, you're so good. You're always working. You never stop working. You're always working. So um, this is like the second day. So after we prayed with them, um, this is the the cliffhanger I'm going to leave you with. We have till 9.15, right? Yes, sir. And we're live with Hank Groover. I'm excited about this testimony. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) So the, the Pastor Juan and Hector... They're going to take me to a cave. So they, they kind of see, hey, this prayer walking thing, this is different, but it's getting results. So they tell me about a cave. So this cave is – it's up in the mountains, and it's a heck of a hike. I didn't realize it until we started hiking there. It's not far from the church, and it's not far from that pond where um, those eight lives have been lost over the years. And so we, we begin hiking to this cave. And we have um, a couple of church members with us, and we have a younger boy who's 13 years old, and um, his name is – hold on a second because he needs your prayers too. Remember Andreas and Christian. Andreas was drug out of the house by that demon. Christian is his younger brother that has the growth in his neck, and then Lucia is their mom. So um, – Please remember them in your prayers. So we're, we're walking to this cave, and um, we have a younger man with us. He's 13 years old. You only go to school up through 6th or 7th grade in Guatemala unless you have uh, money to pay for additional schooling. So this young boy, his dad passed away a few years ago from cancer, and um, he's, he's just always at the church. He's um, on stage, he's learning learning um, how to play the drums and music, and just a precious brother. And I'm I'm looking for his name while I'm I'm talking because um, he he needs your prayers, and you'll you'll understand here in a few minutes. So um, we begin walking and hiking to this cave. And if you want to see some of these pictures that I, while I'm explaining this, go to the Facebook page, the Henry Groover Facebook page, and scroll through the posts. So go back to January and you're going to see pictures of a cave and a brief description. So it's really cool if you can, my wife just texted me. Yes. Thank you, hon. Oscar, our, our, our precious brother, Oscar, this is the, the boy's name that um, I think he's 13 years old. So we're hiking up to this cave with Oscar, Pastor Juan, Hector, and uh, one or two other members of the church. So here's what happened a few years back. Oscar got a phone call from some friends. These friends were exploring this cave. This is very heavy, people. This is very heavy. 
they found a human head in this cave. A severed human head, no body, it still had flesh on it. They called Oscar. He's a young boy. I don't know why he went up there, but he went up there to see this also. They call the police. The police come and, and they do you know, the investigation and everything. This is not a skull. This is a human head. You know, it happened fairly recently. They're telling me that there's a person that goes up to this cave and he, he, he didn't have much of anything before he started going to this cave. But he started going to this cave and, and doing whatever type of sacrifice and he became very wealthy. So after he started doing this, this is this is known throughout you know this little area that this man goes to this cave once a week and he sacrifices. And shortly after he started doing this, he opens up a hardware store. And then he keeps going to this cave and sacrificing, burning candles, and God only knows doing what. He, he may have been the person that brought the human head up there. I don't know. But he sacrifices, and now he has two hardware stores, and then he has three hardware stores, and he's very wealthy. So they're telling me all this. I'm like, okay, this is a very, very, very big stronghold. We have to first and foremost put on the armor of God. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, our, our loins are girt with the belt of truth, our, we have the sword of the spirit, we have the helmet of salvation, and we have the shield of faith, people. We have to put this on. We are going to battle. So we hike up to this, this cave, and it is quite the hike the ground is very wet it's it's rainy out um we're slipping but we're just praying as we're going and we get to the mouth of this cave and you have to shimmy into this cave the opening is not very big now here's the other thing they told me Bef a few months back this this um kid oscar was in the cave and he called pastor juan and he says we hear a baby crying in this cave. Come, come, help us look for it. Pastor Juan was up there looking in this cave. They heard this baby crying in this cave. They looked all over this cave and they couldn't find the baby. I am praying that it was a demon disguising itself as a baby and it was not a baby that was sacrificed to the devil. But I don't know. They never found the baby. So this is an intense battle so we climb in that cave and there are candles everywhere there is charred wood in piles there are people in this cave sacrificing to the devil it was so heavy we enter that cave and we proclaim psalms 24 the earth is the lord's the fullness thereof all that dwell in it and remember the the verses later on um say um, open up you gates, be lifted up you everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? It's the Lord strong and mighty in battle. And who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. And we are a part of his host. So we, we proclaim that. And we went in there and we walked and prayed that cave. We found a bottle that had a weird uh, substance in it, and it looked like a blood clot in, in the, floating in this bottle. Um, we broke that bottle. We we break the curse we we take the candles and we break the candles we put our feet on the charred wood and we we break that curse that covenant with death and we walked and prayed that that cave for a good 45 minutes or longer bats i 
kid you not, are screeching above us. Um, we're, we're climbing all over. There's tons of just little crevices and um, areas that people are sacrificing to the God of this world. And so we're coming against that and praying and and uh, we're we're finishing up and we 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 get out of the cave and we make a proclamation. And we make the proclamation that my dad made when he was walking and praying in England in the, the late 80s. And he came across the devil's altar. That's in his prayer walking book. And when he came across the devil's altar as a high, a high place of much human sacrifice, he made a procla- proclamation. The words just came out of his mouth. And it, it was something along the lines of anyone coming to this place to uh, offer any type of sacrifice to the God of this world, to defile this, gra- this ground, coming here to do anything that is not for God will either drop to their knees and repent or will turn and run. So we make that proclamation right there and and we, we begin to rejoice and, and God's just moving, just moving um, in a mighty way. So we felt amazing, amazing victory there. But there's another cave, and this is where I'm going to kind of leave the cliffhanger. There's another cave, and it's not too far from there. And this cave is a huge opening in the ground. You can only get to it um, by hiking down a trail off the road. And then the only way to get into this cave, and this is from their their mouth, from the, the locals' mouth. The only way to enter this cave is tying a rope to a tree branch above it or, listen to this closely, or if you have a lot of power, you fly in and out. <laughs> so that's the next cave that we walked and prayed. Wow! And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that as the cliffhanger, and we're gonna share. What are we back to the 17th, folks? You don't want to miss number two installment of this program. Real Adventures in Guatemala. It's going to be Wednesday, March 17th, 6 p.m. Eastern. That'll be 5 p.m. Central. Brother, I'm going to tell you, what an exciting adventure. This is Amen. This is going on, folks, in 2021. There yes, are people, hallelujah, God is working. There are people worshiping devils in caves, sacrificing humans. There are places that have been defiled and God wants to take back the land and he'll use you to do it as he's using brother Hank and the ministry to do it if we're willing to go and you know what you got me excited tonight Uh, I'll tell you what this is awesome Uh, these are exploits for the Lord and it also encouraged me to begin to fast myself you know Mm. as you were talking tonight there are certain breakthroughs that we may never experience in our life unless we begin to fast. And the Lord has been dealing with me on that. I'm going to start doing it. We need to be prepared, folks, for the days ahead so that when God says go, you're ready to go. Um, Do not miss the next program. And this one we're going to have up in the archive. I encourage everybody to share it everywhere. Um, Before we close two things, I want you to give out your contact info, Brother Hank, where people can make uh, contact with the ministry Tell them how they can support it. For example, do you have PayPal? Yes. Give us the details on that. Yes. (laughs) Um, Maybe my wife can text that to me real quick. All we need is a PayPal email address. And with that, they can uh, send a love offering from anywhere in the world. Um, 
Uh, do you have a website? Give that out. Yes, Henry Groover, G-R-U, V is in Victor, E-R, dot O-R-G. And the Facebook page, uh, go to that, and you can see see the pictures and, and things from this trip. It's, it's, it's awesome. So um, it looks like the easiest way to donate is on the website, if God would feel you to lead you to give. And uh, we're going to do awesome things in Guatemala. We're, we're looking for a school bus to, to take down there to, to give to the church and um, trash cans, uh, a concrete floor for – for Lucia's home, <laughs> a bicycle for Andreas, uh, a barber shop for Oscar. I'll explain that later. But Brother, God I want to help you still moving. Get a chicken farm going on down there. Yes, I need to finish that testimony. Remind me next time. Hallelujah. Brother, um, henrygroover.com, before we go, can we uh, have a prayer for Oscar? He's the young boy who came across the head. Yes, and Andreas is the one that is dragged out by the, the demon. Can we lift him up in prayer tonight? Hallelujah. Folks, yes. pull your faith tonight. Father Yahovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we lift up Oscar and, did you say Andreas? Yes. yes we Lord. plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them, over Brother Hank and his family, over everyone involved down there in your work. In the name of Jesus, we bind the strong man. And any unclean spirits that have sought to attack Oscar and Andreas, we rebuke those spirits in the name of Jesus. Command them to unloose them and go. We bind up mm -hmm. and rebuke every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay that would come against any of this team, any of the people that uh, have been talked about tonight in the name of Jesus. We break any witchcraft that has been sent against you, Brother Hank, or family or any mm -hmm. of the team, or Andreas, or Oscar, we break that witchcraft sent against you in Jesus' name. Any curse sent against you, we break its power, and we loose you in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind up yes. every devil sent against you to retaliate. We break their power in the mighty name of Jesus. We break any hex, vex, curse, or spell, any type of hoodoo, voodoo, any type of yes. effigy, any type of magic attack sent against any of you in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that may have attached on to Oscar and Andreas over there, we break their power and we command them to loose them and go right now. No yes, weapon formed yes. against them or any of you shall prosper. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we ask that you would loose warrior angels and surround this whole team. Put your hedge of protection, your wall fire from Zachariah 2 and 5 around them in the mighty name of Jesus. We also stand in the gap for Guatemala and future missions down there. We bind the strong man over Guatemala. We bind every devil, every demon mm. operating in the area. We bind the prince and power of the air over there in Jesus' name. We bind every wicked spirit that was in those idols or in any of the pyramids over there where these people have been mm -hmm. sacrificed in the past. We bind those spirits and we break their power and we loose the judgments of God on them in Jesus' name. God, you said whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We ask that you unloose strong warrior angels with yes, swords Lord. of fire to go down to Guatemala and begin to attack every wicked spirit down there. We break their power in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you unloose civil war into the camp of the enemy. Let the demons turn on one another and devour yes, one another Lord. in the name of Jesus and dissipate. Yes. Again, we yeah. plead the blood of Jesus over this project. God, have your way. Give them mighty favor. 
bringing the resources that they need to go back down there and continue these missions. Bless everyone there. And we thank you tonight, Father God, in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Brother Hank, what an honor to have you on tonight. We love you, brother. And uh, send my regards to the family there. And we will see you again next week, God willing. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank Looking you. forward to it. Powerful word tonight, folks. We'll have this up shortly. Get it out to everybody you know. And get over to henrygroover.com. Thank you, folks. Stand by. <laughs>